We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. First pick in the 1991 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Larry Johnson from University of I'm not supposed to be here, man. A lot of people from where I'm from, you know, don't, don't make it. Charlotte, we're back. Welcome back to another Buzz Beat a Charlotte Hornets podcast. If you are listening to this podcast post the thrashing that the Boston Celtics just delivered to our hometown team, we are very appreciative of you and we would be even more appreciative of you if you would subscribe to BuzzBeat Plus. It's not just a uh, it's not just us begging for subscribers. There's actually some benefits, ad-free, early access and the occasional exclusive pod that doesn't even hit the public feed. Um, so, you know, we are very appreciative to all of our audience, especially given that it's been a bit of a rough season. Um, but here we are with Lee and BG to recap a loss here tonight in Boston, but I think more specifically probably to uh, number one, try and try and uh, fish out some positives from the game, but also just continue to kind of talk a little bit of big picture stuff with this roster and this franchise as we uh, barrel towards the Christmas break and trade deadline. So, BG, welcome back. Always good to be with you. Um, I, I'd say take this puppy wherever you want to take it uh, off off break, whether that's an individual player observation or maybe just um, you know, should we be proud of the fact that we didn't give up one fifty? <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose so. And yes, thank you for uh, deciding to actually sit through this entire game and also now record a post game pod. Uh, this is some like real degenerate dead end. Uh, type stuff that you can really only find I think with like small market professional sports franchises uh in 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 like North American pro sports or heck maybe maybe this is happening uh globally um and if so salute to all my uh brothers and sisters out there who are uh, yeah yeah much respect uh all around but yeah 140 to 105 um this game was just a complete laugher um, I think the Celtics set a franchise record for points 
in a quarter that they've scored. It was bombs away for them, uh, 24 of 52, which is just a comical number of three-pointers. Um, you know, it was over half their shot attempts this game. Um, and that comes along with Tatum, Jason Tatum, who was awesome, uh, but only being, you know, four or 14 from deep, but just real quickly, we just touch on like very quickly about Boston for one, it was beautiful to see the Cornette, uh, close out the Cornette contest, like in a live real game after like seeing people talk about it, seeing the images, you know, get passed around NBA Twitter, uh, getting to actually see that in an actual game was hilarious. I would love to know what the actual numbers are on that. And and, and as someone that used to work uh, part-time for a, a, a scouting service that would tag and track stuff like that, I, I would love to know what my former employer's uh, <laughs> internal numbers might say about that if it is infecti- effective. Um, but just still like beautiful thing to see. Malcolm Brogdon was awesome, 8-9 shooting in this game, uh, incredibly strong driving the basketball, got whatever he wanted out of the pick and roll. Uh, Marcus Smart was awesome, 6-9 of nine, from deep, 15 assists in this game. Like right off the back, Boston just dumped, dumped first play of the game. They throw it to him in the post, run split cuts off of it, and they get a three. A couple possessions later, another post split uh, with uh, Smart as the initiator. A kick out for three. I think that one went to, to Tatum or, or Derek White. It honestly doesn't matter. Boston just gets threes every which way they want. It is it's unbelievable. This is such a versatile offense that even when they're down, there's you know a guy like Al Horford who can give you you know open up some five out stuff for you offensively. They're out. They're without Jalen Brown um, tonight, and certainly obviously Robert Robert Williams too. But even without those guys, like. What they do, creating open threes, is just every which way. There's just really no way you take away this team's, at least in terms of like regular season basketball. Like, just good luck taking away the three from them because they get it. It's it's slash and kick. It's thrown into the post, run split cuts. It's transition. It's it's ball movement against a scramble defense. Once they get you into rotation, it's Joe Mazzula calling up sets and off you know off motion actions to get guys threes. Just like. Every way you want it. And then obviously a guy like Tatum that can just come off pick and roll and just like bomb from deep. This game was a laugh for it just minutes in. And Charlotte was, oh, it was, it was right off the bat. I mean, just, uh, right it, just a joke. Bat. Like it was it was five to six minutes in this game and like Boston was already in. Like let's just like throw some passes and see what happens. Just like these like hit ahead passes that had like a 10% chance of working out. But just immediately went into like pickup mode at the YMCA for them. Derek, Derek White like gave up a wide open layup like seven minutes into the game, and it's like, oh man, they, they would it just you. I mean, you could see them immediately just be like, yeah, we don't actually have to, to try tonight. Like this is dumb. This is easy. And, I mean, and, and, and Brian, like just to to for context, I mean, th- this is a you know, if not the favorite, an absolute championship contender. Yeah. Playing against a G League roster tonight, like that's yeah. what this was, hundred percent. And that's this is what you would expect in that scenario. And look, the Hornets, even at full strength, are going to be undermanned on the road in Boston. But Terry Rozier with an illness game, you know, I guess uh, he was a scratch today. He stayed stuck away from the team during shoot around. Didn't play tonight. Lamelo Ball obviously hurt. Gordon Hayward. 
He is hurt. Um, I mean, Cody just Martin, Cody Dennis Martin, Dennis Smith Jr., who you know, DSJ would have been a you know probably a, a, a helpful piece tonight uh, defensively. And what is scary about this Boston team is like the offense is just continuing to expand and grow and morph in all these cool ways. And like they have so obviously have another step defensively, multiple steps, and certainly they're going to probably jump up the uh, the defensive efficiency ratings after tonight at least a little bit. But, yeah, like once Robert Williams comes back, once this team really turns it on, on that side of the court, I mean, I, I still think they have the ability to be like a top five defense, um, if not like outright the best defense in the, in the league when they're, when they're like really locked in and doing their thing. But, you know, Charlotte really couldn't get anything against the switch. They tried some stuff. Charlotte tried getting to some of their split action. Charlotte tried throwing it to the elbow to Plumlee or to PJ and cut off those guys. That wasn't there. Any of Charlotte's like sort of like normal pick and roll sets, the switch just took that stuff away. You don't really have your movement sets because of PJ Washington or because Terry, forgive me, because Terry Rozier's not playing and they couldn't get stops. So, you know, there's really very little transition for the Hornets in this game. Like they were having to take the ball out of the net and, and work up against a, you know, a, a half court set defense without, you know, without most of their you know, high-end, you know, guard, offensive personnel. Lee, you mentioned this on a pod that we I recorded with you last week or somewhere around there, but just like I think we were talking about, you know, if and when the team decides to sort of like make a decision on when they're going to like fully or at least a little more lean into, the, the a, a, you know, a hypothetical tank. Sure. And you – one of the things you mentioned was like if they traded Rozier – like the the offense would really just fall off a cliff because a he shoots Charlotte into some games when he gets hot. We saw that I guess against Philadelphia the other night, yeah. but also just what he can do even for a team that really lacks creativity, that lacks dynamic downhill driving talent in the half court. What he can do for them, you know, running around screens and playing off ball. And uh, I mean, we've all, we really haven't gotten to see like a ton of it this season because some parts of the playbook have just been removed without Charlotte's ability to draw, you know, create rim pressure, or have Lamelo out there to run guard to guard, ghost pick and roll with. But anyways, bad night for the Hornets. Uh, Boston looked really good, um, but they also this was a pretty uh, not a very serious basketball game, I guess I would say. So Lee, take this in anything you want to touch on you know, thoughts on the game reactions? No, I, I think just uh, pulling a bit more on what you just alluded to there, how we've kind of all, you know, we've all kind of shared our different opinions and takes on, on what this team might should do from a, from a quote unquote tanking standpoint. Obviously I think all of us at some point or another have also made, made the point that, with the injuries, this team may be bad enough to, without having to, to really move any pieces to, to kind of stay in the Wimby hunt. But I did tweet tonight, and it's not completely fair because of all the other guys that were missing too, but I think it at least does ring partially true that like this is kind of a snapshot of how bad this roster could look if you move Terry Rozier. Yeah. And it's funny because – you know, by I mean by Terry Rozier's standards, he's not having a great year by any means. I mean, from an efficiency standpoint, and you know, to be fair, I think uh, 
I think it was about this time last season, BG, where Rozier was not shooting the ball well. And you and me both were saying like, okay, Rozier's due for a three-week stretch where he shoots like 60% from three. And then lo and behold, it happened. And he ended up in the high 30s again, like he has been you know, the entire time he's been in Charlotte. So I think that's still on the table. I think his health, of course, has been a big part of that as well. But yeah, I, I think I, I just wanted to pull on that string a little further. Like if this front office can swallow their pride – and if they do, and, and I'm not even sure that moving Rozier necessarily is like a great move. Obviously, it would depend on what it, it is given back in return. But like, if you really want to tank tank the offense further than it's already tanked, which is hard to do considering last I checked, they were worst in the league in offensive efficiency. <laughs> but like, like you said, there are nights even when ball is out that Rozier, because of his ball skills, because of his shooting. He can actually win you a game and and just go off by 30 or just keep you in a game. And, you know, if they moved him, I, I think you would see a lot more of these, you know, 20. Because, again, like this is this only re- besides the Memphis game. This, again, is kind of the only other time this team has just been absolutely shellacked this season. So, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to pull on that thread a little bit further. And then I think other than that, like, you know, I. It, this was like it was a featured game for the young guys. You know, Maladon got got I believe his first start of the year. He he wasn't he wasn't terrific, but you know he was fine. He wasn't particularly efficient, but he did have eight assists and and a couple a couple nice aggressive takes to the basket. Um, you know, obviously an, an awesome Jalen McDaniel's game. You know, McDaniel's is back down around thirty four percent from three, but was four for six tonight. So probably pushed that back up a little bit. I, I'm still very curious to see where he ends the year shooting from three. And then obviously uh, Kai Jones continues to, to to impact the game and continues to show that he deserves minutes in this rotation. Um, and then and then and then obviously some Bryce some nice Bryce McGowan moments. I, I still Brian like. And I tweeted this tonight too. I still am really pleasantly shocked and surprised that the Hornets were able to get McGowan in the second round. You know, I know he was inefficient in his one year at Nebraska, uh, but he was asked to do a lot. We, t- you and me, talked about that when we discussed him as a prospect, and just like just his combination of size and ball skills, I thought kind of screamed like mid to late first rounder and they got him in the second round. And I think he's looked solid. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He looks like a very promising young young prospect and young wing. Um, tonight, I was very encouraged with what I saw. Granted, the game got pretty loose early on, sure. right? But, but, you know, Boston was still playing some of their main guys, you know, deeper into the second half. And McGowan's, everything for him was at, was a three-year at the rim tonight, which certainly you like to see. And that's something he does provide. We talked about this the other week, like – in terms of him maybe usurping book night in the rotation, which yeah. tonight certainly seemed like we, we may be seeing, you know, a little bit more of that because we, we can talk about book night more in a second, but just even without all these guys, like, like, like book is playing simply because out of necessity, like, this, this oh, yeah, not like there's nobody else to play. This is not like earned. These are not like earned minutes for James book night right now. That's I actually right. thought Cliff got annoyed with him a couple of times tonight and called timeouts and then pulled him out when he was, hesitant to shoot or playing poorly whatever but McGowan's man like his aggression is just there he and Kai are like bringing the juice as much as yeah. I can as as much as juice can be bought for a, a bad team that's last in the league in offensive efficiency and bottom three in uh in you know half court offensive efficiency they, they look to care about the opportunity they're being yeah it, it, which is which is nice to see and I just thought McGowan's even late in the game he had a nice pick and roll pass to Nick Richards. Charlotte ran a little hawk action, empty corner into empty corner pick and roll, something they do a lot. For McGowan's, uh Richards slipped, got a layup off of that. McGowan's I think ended up with six assists tonight, if I if I uh yeah. have that correct. Yeah, six assists, right. one turnover. He had one block, which was a nasty like yeah, kind of chase down block. Like it part of it was because like Derek White cut in front of him. <laughs> and so not like amazing defensive awareness in the moment, but he was able to like recover pretty easily and 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 pin the shot and blocked off the backboard. Charlie gets into transition. I think it was Maldone who uh skipped it over to McGowan's who sprinted up the left wing and he drained a pretty pretty deep three, two of four shooting tonight from McGowan's, but just like you know with Bryce that you're going to get rim pressure, both off the drive, whether it's in transition. Like, he is one of the few guys that can, like, rip and run with the basketball for Charlotte. Like, will look to do that. Doesn't need, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. or LaMelo to, like, kick up transition for him to, like, get into it. Like, he can also grab the ball and go. Um, you're seeing what he can do, catch and go, driving against a tilted defense. You see what he can do occasionally out of the pick and roll, both as a passer and as a slasher. So, like... Look, I know McGowns is on a two-way, but you just you want to see as much of this as you possibly can. And given the injuries to the wing and guard rooms right now, and given like wherever we are with James Booknight, which is to say somewhere in a, a painfully bad place, um, you just gotta see more McGowans. Like you just you you have to see what you have here. Um, but it does look like Charlotte found another guy in the second round and Man, long wings, like someone that that's six 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 seven that can run, pick and roll, and get to the rim, dude. Those guys just have a track record, and um, 
and and again, we I don't think either one of us thought he was like as bad of a shooter as like the three point percentage indicated. He took a lot of tough shots, a lot of deep threes last year. And that's totally. one of those times where like three point percentage is really like not the not like the perfect indicator in terms of like shooting skill or skill of a player. So, well, and, he, and he's uh, he's different than some of these other young wing prospects we have because of the on-ball creation ability. Yes. You know what I mean? He's, yeah. he's different than McDaniels in that way. He's different than JT Thor in that way, who 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 both have their positive qualities, obviously, but he just brings mm-hmm. that different, you know, dynamic, I yes. guess. Like, Thor has the ability to, like, catch and go, but even when he does that, Thor is, unless the path is, like, totally cleared out for him, he's probably getting to like the floater pull-up zone, right? right. Like and that's assuming he forces a, a, you know, a hard closeout, which is like not always a given, but when he, even when he does that, like ultimately I, when Thor was coming out of Auburn, I kind of liked his catch and go game. I don't yeah. think it's been like, it's other than some flashes that it's been really like all that good thus far with Charlotte, but it was, he was always going to take time. Um, McGowan's, for a guy who is hell bent on getting to the rim, I do think he plays with pretty good patience and poise. And like, I think the the pacing on his drives and pick and roll possessions is like not too shabby, which is why, again, why I just want to see, I want to see more of it. I, I want a larger sample. Um, did you have any thoughts on, on what we saw from Kai Jones tonight? Uh, who, who played 20, you know, basically 22 minutes in this game, took 10 shots. Look, I mean, you know, you tweeted about the uh, about the the, the 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 he missed a shot, got his own rebound, and slammed it back in. I mean, you've tweeted a couple times about just the the uh, the almost comedic quickness that he gets back off the ground with with his second jumps. I mean, I mean, look, Kai Jones. You know, I wrote about him in the in the ten game sampler for yesterday, and essentially. The, the takeaways here are that obviously the sample size is, is way too small to, to draw any like actual conclusions about how valuable he is as a basketball player. But like in one of the lines I wrote was essentially that it's really, really hard to stand out athletically on a four, on a floor full of physical freaks. And he does that. And there are, you know, a very select few humans on earth that, possess the physical tools to kind of like impact an NBA game with sheer athleticism. And he's like showing some signs of, of possessing that like superpower to a degree. Obviously he's incredibly raw has a long way to go. He did take a couple threes tonight, made one, you know, Brian, we've talked about like some of the, some of the ball skill shooting flashes and and they were just flashes that he showed at Texas that you might want to see hopefully at some point. But like, man, I mean, look, the 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 athleticism, the energy, the length, the activity, and some of the like instinctual timing that he has, I think is really interesting. Still way too early in the game to hmm. to, to to declare that he's even like a, a second contract guy or anything like that. But man, I mean if you're talking just from an early return, small sample size, trying to make some type of speculation, like I do like what I'm seeing. And, and, and like, I don't, I don't particularly want to shy away from that. Like I like what I'm seeing. Yeah. It's time to see, again, we keep saying this every episode for the last two weeks now. It's like, it's time to see more of it. It just yeah. is. It just is. He's a first round pick. You, you traded away a pick to get him. 
Um, exactly. Again, I continue to think it's hilarious, like to see like if and when that pick does get conveyed. It's just protected in such a way that like in Charlotte just hasn't probably quite taken off the the way that the the Knicks. Uh, I mean, I know Atlanta possesses that pick now, but just in the way that you know New York probably assume they were going to heading into the 2021 draft. But like the, the play that I clipped and put on Twitter during this game, I thought was such a perfect encapsulation of like where I'm at with Kai right now, which is like Charlotte's playing like it's like a four out one in set Plumlee's in the post um, ball. Kai kicks the ball into Plumlee. Plumlee starts to back down uh, soft double comes uh, Derek White, who is the you know, Boston's defense, is switching around. Derek White is technically the man that's guarding Kai Jones. Plumlee kicks it back out to Kai. Like Derek White smartly doesn't close out on him. Like it's an above the break three. Like Kai Jones, I don't know what percentage he would shoot on that in an actual NBA game. It's not high. <laughs> you know, <Right>. the the <laughs> math definitely says don't close out on him. But I loved that. And, and first off, the one three he made in this game was from the corner, which that's a little encouraging, I think. Yep. But also, yep. he catches this this kickout pass from Plumlee from the post at the top of the key. And instead of just taking a shot or like looking to dribble to his left and get to a handoff, like he attacked the space. And in a way where you see all of a sudden you see the athleticism, you see the stride length, you see his like weird sort of like almost like inscrutable sort of like drive game that he you see that you can just every so often he'll flash it where he busts out a euro step to kind of like loop yeah. around Derek White get all the way to the rim he misses the shot but before anyone can blink you know Kai Jones is off a trampoline and above the rim to to dunk it and so so this is why I'm, this is why that play encapsulates where I'm at with Kai which is like you see the uncommon athleticism you see the aggression that's been really encouraging to see, but it is also still leaves you wondering, like, what is the plan for him in the half court? What are what are they going to do? And like, luckily, right now, it's it, this should be basketball laboratory one on one with him and in and JT Thor and Bryce McGowan's and all the other young guys. You know, Mark Williams eventually, hopefully, because right now I don't know what the plan is. Like, you're going to get some cuts from him along the baseline. You're gonna get some putbacks. Like that's really all they. That's really all they got for him. Offensive you know rebound. Offensive yeah. rebound. Like it, it's really simple, basic stuff, which is like is fine and good, but it's also stuff that's only gonna make things in, in certain possessions things tougher for an already very bad half court offense. So I kind of want to see them expand on that. I don't want just more playing time for Kai Jones. So the two things that I want are this, and there's probably more, but these are the two things that come to mind initially. One is something we've already talked about, which is I'd like to see more of PJ Washington at center, mm-hmm. Kai Jones, and then you know, PJ Washington is like the defensive center or whatever, but Kai Jones being the rim run guy. And that way PJ can space around uh, four out, one in sets, and Kai's the dive guy. You let Kai Jones dive. I would just get him some rolls to the rim. So that way he can get some lobs. Um, and maybe once LaMelo comes back, that'll be that that's something they can maybe try to tap into a little bit more. But these games, man, they like they don't like they really just don't like they aggressively don't matter in terms of like wins and losses right now, in my opinion. Um and, and so it's time to sort of like see what you got and try to build on some stuff. The and and ultimate- just, just to your point, BG, Kai Jones and PJ Washington have played effectively no minutes yeah, together. Yeah, <laughs> very few. There was one, I think it was the Orlando game. 
was either the Orlando or the Sacramento game the other week. They played for a couple of minutes. That was it. Yeah. Um, but also, if you do that, some of the you do PJ at center with Kai in as the four, the other center. Those guys sort of like vacillating between those two things, and you just play zone or you switch defensively. Which I know that that's not Steve Clifford. Like maybe I'm just that's like proposing something that's just never going to happen. But I do think it's something worth considering. And um, but also when you do that, you can still play through PJ at the elbow. You can try to turn Kai Jones into a cutter and just say like, hey, yeah, we're going to throw it to PJ here. We're going to run – we're going to set up with a stagger look on the other side. You you set this first screen and then you dive. Or we're going to throw it to PJ at the elbow, run in split cuts. Terry Rozier is going to pop out. You run towards Terry. He's going to pop out behind the three-point line. You dive to the hoop. He's going to get dunks on that, period. Well, and, just, and then, he's, and then he's, he's, he's likely the only non-shooter out there too rather than playing with another – traditional center exactly and like so and i think this alludes to another point you wanted to make tonight brian and it it leads me to to think that whether you're leaning into the tank or not honestly but even more so if you are to a degree like trading plumley or shit even buying out plumley like makes sense at this point because it's the only it's it's one of the only ways to remove that uh, that that temptation from Clifford number one, yeah. and two, then you're rolling with a front court four that's left of PJ, Kai Jones, Mark Williams, and Nick Richards, and those are the four guys that should be playing. All of them could be a part of the future for Charlotte, right? Like Plumlee yeah. is not like there's a very obvious expiration date on all of on all of this, and look, Nick Richards is like a competent center; he's proven it. So like starting him is not some like injustice. You know what I mean? No, like, in no. fact, like, he's good. He just, he, he's earned more playing time. It, it, and also Mark Williams is a, you use the, use the number 15 pick on this guy. You know what I mean? So like, it, it's not like, Oh, you're just giving anybody, you know, more runway to work with. It's like, these are real players, guys you drafted that, that have shown something. Mark Williams has appeared in three NBA games this year, man. Got to do something about that. Um, And then the other thing that I want, I do would like to see more from Kai and this, oh, is right. something, this is something they can get to even if there's another non-shooter on the court. Um, in fact, I think you can use Plumlee uh, as, a, as a way towards getting to some of this stuff. But I would look at some of the stuff that New Orleans does with Zion and, and where they put him in the corner. They run him off like, you know, these like stampede cuts or Maggetti cuts coming out of the corner you know what I mean? Where like they kind of clear out a side yeah. for him. He's just the one guy in the corner and they set up some sort of action to like bend the defense. And then he catches the ball like on a run with a head of steam. Yeah. And Kai Jones is, he's not built like Zion, you know, newsflash. No one in the world is, but, like, but, but Kai is the sort of the, you know, he, he can play a similar archetype in terms of he's a four man that can't shoot, but can do some really impressive things athletically and around the rim. And so those cuts, those kind of empty side handoffs, like one of the buckets he got against Minnesota, like the little like weird runner that he got to that he missed, but then he scored on the putback on, was like so one of the guards for Charlotte, like he was in the corner. They drove in his direction, handed the ball off to him, and then just like smashed into Kai's defender. And then he was able to essentially use that as like a, a ball screen, but it's not, you know, it's a handoff, but it's also just immediately giving him like an instant runway. That unless yep. the team, if, if they're switching, it's maybe one thing. Um, but if they're not switching, and if they're in a you know if they're in a drop or whatever, 
Um, you can use that to kind of get downhill and, and, and again, see what Kai can do. So those would be some things I'd like to see more of. I don't maybe, uh, I may be wish casting there. Christmas list. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, any other thoughts on, on Kai tonight? No, no. I think, uh, I mean, look, he is, he is definitely one of, if not the most interesting talking point for us right now. I mean, by a large margin Mm -hmm. with, with uh, where this team is heading and with some of the flashes he's shown. Um, no, I think honestly that about that about covers it in yeah. terms of kind of my thoughts on tonight. And and we got into some more bigger picture stuff. Is there yeah. anything else you wanted to just, pull on before we get out of here? Just last thing to say, because there were times during the game tonight where I was wondering like where are JT Thor and Mark Williams? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. like no surprise, like Williams was assigned on Sunday. So, you know, we're recording this Monday night after the game. One day prior, he was assigned to Greensboro. You know, Charlotte doesn't have a lot of games this week was maybe what I was thinking. Like they don't play again until Friday. The Swarm were in action tonight. Uh, They got got a big dub over the Westchester uh, Knicks, uh, 130-87 to with JT Thor leading the way (laughs) with 30 points on 12 (laughs) of 24 shooting. (laughs) Uh, And Mark Williams, 12 of 19 from the field in that game, 12 boards. Uh, Charlotte was plus 23 with him on the floor, plus 40 in 42 minutes with Ashton Hagens on the floor. Shout out, uh, former Kentucky Wildcats. Um, but, uh, so, but look, it's time for, like, I know the, the way the injuries are stacked up, it's really like, it's not evenly dispersed. It really is focused on the guards and wings. We, we got to find ways to get Mark. It's great that he played, you know, 30 minutes to 25 minutes tonight with Greensboro, and it looks like the Swarm have some more games this week, but like we got to get him some some more minutes and more playing time uh, up on the parent, uh, you know, with the with the big boy club. Um, and if that totally. requires you trading Plumley, buying Plumley out, or just sitting him down, uh, you know, for a couple of days or whatever. Um, but but it's it again, it continued to feel even after the two the two wins over you know Philadelphia uh, under you know. Not the Philly team that anyone would rec- fully recognize, and then Minnesota. Um, it, it's again, it just reaffirms the belief. Like it's, it's, it is time to to be thinking beyond beyond tomorrow, beyond next week, and and to really be thinking. Well, hey, what can we do tomorrow? What, what can we do in the next week to really sort of like better prepare this team uh, going forward? Um, again, maybe that's wish casting on my part, but it just feels like that's the only route out of this. So anyways, 11, uh, 11.5% chance right now on Tankathon for the number one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it was 14 the other day, uh, before the two. Yeah, man. San Antonio, man. They're just, they're really bad. They're really bad. They've lost eight in a row. Um, I mean, they're, they're going for it, you know, like, yeah, that's right. They, as they again, they made the correct assessment, and they already have some like, I mean, they already have a better collection of you know young guys, I think, than. Well, I, I mean, maybe that's maybe too strong, but they've let's just say they have a really nice collection of young guys already. They've um, got interesting, yeah. I mean, yeah. so on, you know, Wesley Johnson, Sell, yeah. Sell, uh, yeah. You know, we'll see with guys like yeah, Branham. There's a lot to like, uh, I think, in terms of young young talent for San Antonio, but they obviously have um, sort of bigger goals in sight in terms of prospect uh, acquisitions. Um, well, once again, guys, if you have listened to tonight's episode, thank you for doing so. If you watched, 
if you watch this game as Lee and I did, seek therapy uh, if, you, if you aren't already. And uh, I know I will. And But really, we appreciate all you guys listening to us. This, obviously this pod will be available at, you know, Tuesday, so I'm, I'm guessing Tuesday morning, whenever we can get we can get it posted. But thank you for listening. Please make sure to rate, review. It really helps us uh, get noticed. Uh, make sure to check out BuzzBeat Plus. Uh, check out any of our other communities that we have, where we have people around this team and this podcast that are they're talking Hornets and 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 having some fun with some of the <laughs> some of the the woes of the team right now. So uh, for Brian. And for Lee, thank you for tuning in. This has been another episode of Buzz Beat. We are out. Go Hornets! Question mark. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.